Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of uh, Faith Greater Than Fear. Uh, we are very excited about the things that we are learning from people that we interview, and hope you are too. And today I've got a very dear friend and special guest, Matt Brock, with us. Matt, welcome. Thank you, Mike. I'm happy to be on the program. Thank you. Thank you. So we are doing these little 10, 15, 20 minute, you know, chats with folks that are both from the U.S. side of things and from international. Of course, you're here in Carthage, Missouri. And so just tell us a little bit about your family and what you do and what things you've had to shift in doing differently with uh, the pandemic that's been on all of us. Sure, yeah. Um, as you mentioned, I live in Carthage with my wife, Holly, of 21 years. We just celebrated our anniversary a couple of weeks ago, and we have a 16-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Sadie, who's going to be a junior in high school. And uh, so when I'm not traveling for work, I office out of my home, and uh, so I've been officing out of home a lot lately. Um, but I work for Christian Financial Resources, which is a church lender. Uh, we make loans to churches that are in building programs or doing renovations or buying land, things like that. And we're able to do that because people put some of their savings or some of their retirement on deposit with us. And we offer exceptional rates. So if you could check those out at cfrministry.org, if uh, that's something that they're interested in helping the local church. Uh, and so just another little piece of um, the puzzle when it comes to God's kingdom working together. Uh, to make things go. Uh, just like you do around the world, we do that primarily in the United States, helping uh, churches all over the country. So got about 300 partners that we work with right now. Great. So with um, your talking about the churches, I know that from your home, you've been probably staying in connection with lots of them. Um, tell us what you're sensing. How are they doing? How are they doing the pivot as they start to go back into uh, worship mode, gathering mode, uh, post-COVID mode, if you will. Yeah, you know, I think um, with various phases of this COVID experience that people have had, um, kind of in this next phase, it's been very intentional with us, just like it was when everything started. You know, when everything started, we were in contact with each of our partners, um, and we're that way again. Uh, the, the first round of contacts, it was really about, well, how is this affecting um, your attendance as a church? How is it affecting your giving as a church? Uh, what things do we need to pay attention to from an expense side as you kind of adjust and uh, kind of get used to this new normal, I guess? And uh, now we're doing the same things as we uh, kind of, as you say, pivot into this phase of reopening. Uh, we're just trying to continue to provide great resources for churches. Um, since we're in contact with so many people across the country, we hear experiences that uh, a lot of people are going through and things that are working, things that maybe aren't working so well. And so we're able to pass those along to churches, um, you know, and we work with churches of all different sizes and, uh, and shapes, uh, different looks and feels to them. And so it's been a blessing to have access to so many different church partners that we can then use what we're learning uh, to benefit people in their specific situation. And I think that's another thing to, to consider is that each church, just like each person, is uh, an individual body, right? And so uh, what works for one may not work for another, And uh, but sometimes you just have to th throw some things on the wall and see what sticks, as they say. So uh, I think just having exposure to a wide range of things and then uh, really providing uh, resources for folks is kind of how we're posturing ourselves as people look to reopening. 
Well, I know just your heart, you're always that encourager. So number one, you and your organization just are going to supply that at a time when lots in leadership. This is a tough time. As people said, the decision was kind of taken out of your hand. You're not going to meet. That's an easy decision. You just got to figure out how to deal with it. But reopening, that looks different, as you say, for everybody. And so that just call of, hey, we're in there with you, we're praying for you, encouraging you, and then pollinating, just giving, hey, well, maybe this idea would work. We heard such and such congregation had done this. Now, you mentioned about land and property uh, acquisitions, building renovations or building, but what about, is there anything that you're noticing with saying we're going to focus more on more technical upgrades to make our online uh, service engagement and our online engagement with our community uh, more streamlined. Are you noticing anything like that in the community of conversations? Yeah, and I think that's something that a lot of churches had to learn on the fly. Uh, for certain, we've seen, uh, of course, churches that wanted to continue meeting had to find a way to do it. And so those that uh, maybe would never touch technology with a 10-foot pole uh, before all of a sudden they're on the bandwagon, right? And so, uh, and even churches that, you know, maybe they recorded their their service and broadcast it later through various channels. Uh, well, now they have to kind of get on that live streaming mode. And so uh, for certain, we have seen technology conversations and upgrades and various things like that. And I think, you know, one of the things with churches that are even reopening, and right now I think we're seeing a lot of smaller churches reopening quicker than larger churches, but just because of the logistical concerns for a lot of them. Um, but even with smaller churches, like the home church that I attend, uh, it's very, uh, I think, characteristic to allow people that choice of, hey, if you're not ready to come back in the building yet, you keep watching from home. And so um, it's not something that's just a one and done thing, in my opinion, uh, from the technology front, I think it's something that's going to be ongoing and continuing to have to be polished here and there. Um, and uh, another thing we're seeing, I think, is that it's not just that when churches reopening are reopening, that technology side is stopping. It's now you are doing both versus just one versus the other or dabbling in uh, live streaming or posting your sermons online. Now it's something you're going to be doing from here on out likely um, because of just that option has been available to people and we've seen how it can reach people no matter where they're at. And so I think churches are starting to realize the relevance and the importance of that. Definitely. I mean, you're almost kind of being a prophet there of a sort, you know, uh, Matt, I think the um, disruptors is not just an adapting, but an innovation. You know, I was talking to someone the other day that said, you know, look at what Amazon has done to the mall. Look at what Tesla has done to the car dealership parking lot, where you order online and then get your car delivered, where you go online and get your package delivered. And so there's a sense where uh, this is not just to adapt for a season, but what has happened with the pandemic is, as you say, it's going to be here forever. You're going to have to have both uh, the in community uh, service and so forth, and then also the off uh, online kind of thing. Now, what 
would you say you and Holly and Sadie have, have learned personally there's some takeaways that kind of focusing in from what you do and have experienced to what are going to be the takeaways we're going man I hope we don't lose this anytime soon this was kind of deep and rich for us even though it was kind of yucky for a season to be in our homes right I think that's a great question and that reflection I think is essential for each of us as we kind of navigate that question of faith versus fear uh, because we're all trying to learn lessons throughout this, right? I mean, God wants to teach us something through these experiences. And uh, for us, you know, uh, and certainly respect uh, everyone's uh, experience with COVID-19. Um, but as a person who travels for work all the time, uh, in hotels all the time, away from family all the time, and what a blessing to be at home with my family for the last two months and to be able to uh, do things together uh, more often than we could before to be able to just share uh, just a, a family intimacy perhaps that we hadn't. Uh, and that doesn't mean it's always smooth, right? So sometimes uh, you get to have conflict in the middle of that. But those things are, I think, rich uh, to use that word that you use because it helps us to grow ultimately closer as a family. And so I'd say um, just the Lord helping us press pause on the daily routine and to even get back into this period where uh, maybe we're even looking at some things that are mundane uh, and things that are kind of rigorous to have to do day in and day out at home. So I got out of my travel routine and I was just telling my wife the other day that uh, I don't like sitting at my office desk for extended periods of time because I'm used to being out with people and, and going different places and things like that. But even uh, with that mundane, it's wonderful that I have a job and a salary and uh, the blessings of safety in my home office. And uh, so, you know, I've seen lots of people trying to look at the bright side of things. And I think, um, you know, like the Apostle Paul, you know, he learned to be content, whatever the circumstances, whether he's in prison or whether he's out preaching the gospel somewhere uh, to a large group of people. He knew what it was to dwell on the fact that God's good. God has a plan for us and he wants to use us to do good things. And so our task has really been to find out, well, how, how do you keep using us, Lord, in the midst of a change of pace that's sometimes a lot slower than we're used to? So. Uh, so good. And as you were talking, Matt, I was thinking about there was a guy in my office uh, who's a neighbor of mine in the area where we live. And he just got informed 10 days ago of his uh, at not having a job anymore and just didn't think that would ever happen. He said, I've never happened in, to me ever since I've been 15 years old and I'm not gonna be 50. And we did the social distancing, but walking for a mile or two for a couple of days, just listening. Um, and that's one of the things, you know, I think you said to learn to be content, but we need to be great listeners because everybody's situation is different. Some of them are pretty hard right now. And the same gentleman that I've been walking with lost his uh, job, came into my office today and he says, you know, it's a new week, Mike. I'm, I'm okay. Uh, we're healthy. And so again, your idea of the contentment, no, he didn't have a job still looking, uh, actually talking about maybe an option of, of a connection I knew that might be helpful to him, but I'm content with my family being healthy. I'm content with the fact that we can still meet a mortgage with my wife's salary. So um, great point, great point. So Matt, you're just a good brother in Christ. What 
what final thing would you like to just say to our audience and say, obviously, in, in addition to the knowing the feel of the churches and then your own family situation of this contentedness, that's very important. Any final words as we get into the new normal that all of us are going to be experiencing? Hey, remember this? Yeah, I think, uh, I think the title of your program, I was thinking about that as we're getting ready for this, Faith is Greater Than Fear. And as I was kind of meditating on that title, what struck me about that is that it's not that the fear isn't present, right? Sometimes we think that as believers that uh, we're not doing a good job or we're not a good Christian or follower of Christ if we've got an element of fear. Uh, but that's not really what I see through scripture at all. I see a ton of people who are afraid and look at why the Lord told people not to be afraid all the time. Well, it's because they were, they had fear in their life. And so it's just this idea of, yeah, it's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be uncertain, but having that trust and being grounded in the knowledge that God is uh, bigger than that and that he can help you with that and that um, it's okay to be not okay right now, but that God can uh, help you even through the, the greatest of trials, um, may not remove them, may not take them away, but he's going to walk with you through that. And um, yeah, so I think just faith is greater than fear. doesn't mean that you're not afraid, but it just means that uh, faith overcomes in the end. Good words. And I think it was Eugene Peterson, Matt, that said that his definition of faith is the headed in the same direction for the long haul something of that nature. And so that's what you're describing. And so Matt Brock, thank you for joining us today. And for you at home, thank you for joining us on another episode of Faith Greater Than Fear. We hope it's been a blessing to you these last episodes as we now are looking at a pivot from the crisis situation to the new adjusting part of all our lives, whether it's school or work or worship, whatever the case may be. If you think that what Matt has shared or any of the other programs have been a benefit, then they probably would benefit others too. Feel free to share them in your social media channels. And so until next time, we ask you have a blessed day and walk in faith.